Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. Our passage today comes from Matthew 12, 46-50. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside, wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. In this passage, Jesus is in the midst of teaching to a crowd of people who call themselves his followers and disciples. While he is speaking to the people, a messenger says that his mother and brothers are waiting for him outside. We cannot know for certain what his family had to speak to him about. From contextual understanding, his family might have been concerned for him because Jesus' ministry was drawing a lot of attention from people opposing his teachings. Regardless, they were trying to draw Jesus away from a moment in which he was teaching to his disciples and followers. In response to the messenger, Jesus poses a question that might seem very averse to his biological family. Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Our initial reaction may be to think Jesus is trying to disassociate himself from his family. However, Jesus is not attempting to denounce his attachment to his biological family, nor is he neglecting the love and responsibility he has for them. We can see in the following few chapters of Matthew that honoring your father and mother is a value that Jesus holds highly and teaches. Jesus is not trying to devalue the family that we are born into. Instead, Jesus is presenting a new family that transcends social and cultural constructs of the typical family system. When he looks at his disciples and calls them his new brother, sister, and mother, there is a paradigm shift that is occurring. He is displaying something that is new and unorthodox, especially in a culture where family roles, responsibilities, and honor were highly revered. This new family of Jesus stretches further than our kinship and our affinity for family allegiance. This is a family we inherit, not by our birth, but by the birth of Jesus, God's beloved Son. It is a family we inherit as we enter into a relationship with Jesus. Faith and trust in Jesus is the basis of our merit. This new family is a family that is not by cultural or native allegiance. Rather, it is a family that is recognized because of our heartfelt commitment to Jesus as our friend, healer, and savior. Nor is it a family that is identified by a title or name, but a family that believes that the name of Jesus has the power to save us from our brokenness and redeem our past. The family of Jesus is not distinct because of our blood and genetic makeup, but is distinct because the blood that Jesus shed on the cross is the provision of grace and forgiveness for us. Jesus doesn't emphasize this new family because it's perfect, without quarrels, differences, or dysfunctionalities. Contradictory to many beliefs, the family of Christ is not marked by perfection, but identified by its brokenness, inadequacies, and failures. The family of Jesus will consist of people who are wealthy and poor, who are accepted and rejected, who are successful and unfulfilled. When Jesus looks to the crowd of followers, he sees people who are socially rejected, diseased, and culturally oppressed. Yet, he points to them and calls them his brothers, sisters, and mother. Through Jesus' ministry on earth, his mission was to bring people together that are seeking a family 
to belong to, and a home they are seeking to find rest in. It is a constant struggle to find a tribe, community, and family that wholly accepts us for our, all of our failures, brokenness, and faults. Despite our restless search for a social construct that shares our interests, passions, and worldviews, we can recognize that there is a constant striving for acceptance and a desire to establish an identity that is loved and seen. Our hearts are conditioned to find joy in a family that will authentically love us and accept us even at our lowest points. I acknowledge that the conversation surrounding family is a unique experience for each individual. It's always a blend of joyful and painful memories. They carry the weight of cherishable moments to traumatic encounters. As a teenager, the concept of a happy family never crossed my mind. I grew up in a home with a single mother that worked multiple jobs. There was definitely a big void in my life when it came to having a present and affectionate parent around. I would constantly be bitter and resentful towards others who had a family that looked picture perfect. The few occasions I would pray, my prayers were filled with anger towards God. At times, it would be outcries of injustice. I didn't get to choose this life. Fortunately for me, my mother would bring me to church every week. For some, this might have been a resentful experience, and a part of that was true for me. However, during my teenage years at church, I met adults who began to tremendously invest in my life. They would remain patient when I would act out. They would spend time with me to let me know that I was seen and loved. They would continue to believe in me when I gave up on myself, and they would love me as if I was their own child. It was an encounter that I didn't experience anywhere else. It was in these moments that I began to see glimpses of God's love. I didn't fully comprehend it at that time, that this was the new family that Jesus was speaking about when he looked at his disciples and called them his family. The true nature of Jesus' family is centered around the unimaginable forgiveness we discover at the life, death, and resurrection. This new family that Jesus mentions is a family that is not shaped by a culture of shame and guilt. We don't receive our acceptance because of our hard efforts or contributions. Ironically, we are accepted because God, the Father, valued this new family and sent His Son, Jesus, to become the sacrifice for us. It is because God sacrificed His own family that we can now experience a love that loves us when we are unable to love ourselves. This means that there is grace in all the areas of brokenness and darkness that encompasses our lives. Our place in the family of Jesus isn't qualified by how hard we work towards it or how well we behave, but it is completely placed in the love the Father has for us. It is a family that is shaped by forgiveness and constant reconciliation. If we are bold enough to take a step towards Jesus and say, I want to follow you, we can step into a family that he now calls his brother, sister, mother, and father. Let's have faith to say, I want to love these people, not because of their accreditations, fondness, or charisma, but on the basis that we are flawed and hurting. Let's also open up a space in our hearts to allow this new family to love us and be there for us. How astonishing would it be to allow Jesus to love us like his family and for us to be able to love others as an extension of that great love. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can call you Father. We thank you that we can have a family that has been redeemed, that is defined by love and forgiveness. 
that accepts us for who we are and all of our brokenness. We thank you that we are loved by you, that you call us your sons and daughters. May we continue to live a life that we know that we are cherished by your great grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.